So what's up, everybody? Thank you for joining the Film Survivor Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Santilli. I cover Survivor for RealityT.com. We are about to talk about Survivor Game Changers, uh, the episode that just aired uh, May 10th. Season 34, coming to a close sometime soon. But we uh, we have an exit interview coming up with the person voted out, and uh, we're going to be talking a lot about what happened uh, this past week's episode. So uh, I'm going to give you my traditional spoiler alert. If you uh, have not seen the episode and do not want it to be ruined or spoiled for you, I uh, suggest that you pause the podcast now or come back to it later uh, so that we don't ruin anything for you. So with that being said, we're going to move forward here and talk about the episode and all other kinds of stuff uh, coming up. So again, I am Tom Santilli. I appreciate you joining me here. It's been a lot of fun uh, doing the podcast here this season. Still in our infancy here. But, uh, you know, let's talk about uh, what happened. Uh, Again, coming up soon. Here's the last spoiler alert. Boom. Okay. Uh, Yeah, coming up soon, though, uh, we're going to be talking with Sierra Dawn Thomas. She uh, is the latest victim of uh, Survivor Game Changers, becoming the fifth member of the jury. And, uh, yeah, well, speaking of that, um, we did not have an interview last week, you might have noticed. We, I did not get a chance to talk to Zeke Smith. It was out of my control, so I do apologize uh, for that for people that were uh, looking forward to hearing me speak with him. Um, according to CBS, I was notified really late uh, Wednesday night last week that uh, Zeke would not, uh, he'd be having a light press day. In light of all of the stuff that went down with him, uh, with you know coming out as transgender uh, or being outed, I should say, by Jeff Farner on national television, they kind of gave him a limited press day. And uh, you know, I, I, CBS, I, I see where I, I see where I stand. You know, that's cool. <laughs> but I apparently did not make the cut of the people that uh, got included in the limited press. I did uh, push them a little bit on it. They told me I could send Zeke one question. Uh, which is kind of lame, let's be honest. But I did send along that question and then uh, never got a response back after that. So that's it with Zeke. I didn't get an interview. I'm going to try to keep pushing to see if I can maybe talk to him still this season sometime or even maybe as we move into the summer here just to kind of get a follow-up with Zeke. But anyway, that's what happened last week. So uh, there is no Zeke interview. But I do have Sierra Don Thomas today. Uh and I'm going to talk to her all about her time in the game. You know, she was one of the people this year that people uh, really scratched their heads over. You know, what, uh, you know, what is Sierra Don Thomas doing on a season called Game Changers? Um, and I'm going to talk directly to her about that. And uh, you might have, she has a surprising story that you might not know as far as uh, why and how she ended up on this season. So stay tuned for that. That's coming up shortly. Uh, before we get into things, though, too, I just wanted to uh, mention a, uh, a quick note on the future of the podcast here. So, yeah, this episode that just aired uh, May 10th, there is only uh, really two more weeks of Survivor left this season. There's an episode next week, May 17th, and then we have uh, May 24th, um, you know, is the finale. Two-hour finale of Survivor Game Changers is May 24th, followed by the hour live reunion. Uh, the way it's shaping up is we're going to have a mega-sized podcast that week. Um, we'll have a normal podcast next week with the person voted out, and then that May 25th probably sometime we're going to have a mega, because there's going to be like seven people left in the game that are going to need to be talked to uh, <laughs> that next day. So assuming I get all of those interviews, 
including uh, whoever the winner might be, uh, that's going to be a pretty awesome week. And that'll wrap up the Survivor coverage for the year. but uh, Or not for the year, I should say, but for the season. But what I want to remind everybody is that um, this podcast is going to go on into the summer. I'm going to do a weekly podcast still. And uh, it could be more than a week, or more than weekly at some points. But um, at least one a week is the goal at the moment. Uh, I am a film critic for Access.com. That's A-X-S.com. I'm their national film critic. And, uh, yeah, I get to see movies for a living. It's pretty awesome. Living the dream here, covering my favorite TV show and getting to watch movies. So uh, I'm going to be talking movies, though, and I'm also going to have some interviews throughout the summer with uh, other critics, with uh, celebrities that are in town here uh, locally. I'm in the Detroit area, so when when people do come in promoting movies, I usually get interviews with them. So uh, we're going to build the podcast here slowly, and we're going to kind of shift gears into movies. And of course, as we move through the summer, we're going to touch back on Survivor uh, and you know keep you up to date with all the latest news and uh, cast information and any rumors maybe, and uh, we'll talk stuff like that. And I know that there are a ton of Survivor podcasts out there, trust me. Had I started doing podcasts back when it was not cool, um, hey, who knows where this thing could have been now, but I know there's lots of them, so I do appreciate you uh, checking this one out and, and listening to it. And again, I, I, I love the interaction, uh, so let me know how I'm doing. Let me know your thoughts on Survivor Game Changers and Survivor in general, and also on uh, movies, what movies you plan on seeing this summer, which ones you're looking forward to, all that kind of good stuff. So uh, so there's that. So be sure to continue to follow the Film Survivor Podcast. Uh, in case you don't know, also, we're on iTunes and on Podbean, uh, so you can check us out both of there, and again, follow me at, at Tom Santilli on Twitter. So let's get into the recap for this week's episode. Uh, is it just me, or is this season kind of slowing down a little bit? Uh, it, it came. I mean, it started off great. You know, the kind of the fear that you, when you have these big seasons like this, though, is that you know all of the big personalities and all the big players are gunned for early. So the bad part about this season so far is that we saw a lot of the big personalities gone a little too soon. You know, Tony Vlachos uh, comes to mind. Malcolm. Uh, Sandra, a uh, bunch of these big names were out, you know, early, and uh, it leaves us with, you know, the Haley's and the Sierras, and nothing against these people, but you know, they're not necessarily the players that we uh, were all hyped up about at the beginning. But it just seems like the last couple episodes have kind of been maybe flat. I don't know if that's the right word. Uh, still interesting. It's still Survivor. It's still better than pretty much every other reality TV show out there in existence, uh, but it just feels a little bit flat, you know, everything after that big, uh, you know, the, the whole Zeke Werner thing kind of overshadowed the game, and I'm not really sure that the gameplay has recovered since then, but hopefully we're in for a good finish, uh, Probst, uh promises us over the next two weeks we're going to have a lot more game-changing moments, so a uh, lot to look forward to, but, uh, but of course this past week was the uh, the Loved One episode. The famed loved one episode that people either love or hate, usually. Uh, I, I fall in the middle sometimes, I'll be honest. You know, My allergies uh, kick in once in a while when I'm watching the loved one's episode. Gets a little, get a little verklempt here at, at the house. Um, but you know, a lot of times it's, it's emotionally packed. People you know, bring their tissues to this episode. Uh, on the other hand, though, a lot of people think this is cheesy. They, they don't understand, you know, what the, the reactions that some of these people have, the crying and the, you know, all these these kinds of things. Um, 
So some people hate this episode. Some people uh, really like it. I kind of fall again in the middle. Some years it's better than others. It does always seem to kind of give us a different shade of these people. You know, we see them through the edit. We see how they're being portrayed. And then when we see them with uh, a loved one from their real life, it kind of gives us a new, you know, perspective on the player. So I kind of like it in that regard. Sometimes it ends up being awkward. Um, If you've watched Survivor over the years, you probably can know what I mean, although I don't have a specific example here. But sometimes it's like an awkwardness to it, like... uh, they're either way too emotional or way too touchy-feely or just a weirdness to it. <laughs> um, other times it's heartfelt, you make makes you cry, and then, you know, they're rarely, the, the rarest of loved ones actually changes the game, you know, where it has a real impact strategically. And uh, a season like, uh, you know, Johnny Fairplay uh, in uh, Pearl Islands comes to mind where he um, lied, you know, about his... Uh, the famous grandmother story about how his grandmother had passed away <laughs> when, in fact, she didn't. And he had uh, orchestrated that at the Loved One Challenge to gain sympathy in the game, which uh, worked for him to get further. Usually, the Loved One's Challenge does not have that kind of impact, and I don't think it did, again, this year. However, there was some subtle things that I think there could be a little bit of foreshadowing here. Now, again, I don't know anything for sure. I don't read spoiler sites. I don't know any of the actual things that happened out there. Uh, moving forward, but I can say that, you know, Monica Culpepper, a former player, she's played twice before, uh, comes back into the game, gets to spend some time with Brad, and uh, she picks up on the fact that Michaela was really upset after the challenge. She was kicking stuff and, you know, carrying on like Michaela does sometimes. She's been known to. Uh, but Monica pointed out to Brad hey, man, I see a crack there. I, I've, I've been in the game for less than a day, and I, I can see that she's somebody that you need to pull in. Um, they included that for a reason, I think, in the episode. Because as you see next week, from the preview of next week, it looks as if uh, Brad and Michaela really go go at it blow to blow. That could be a sign, that could be a foreshadow for Brad's game that um, he should have listened to Monica. You know, Maybe he will end up needing Michaela somehow and... Because he spars with her next week, maybe that'll lead somehow to his downfall in the game. But uh, I thought that was a little interesting tidbit uh, to kind of pull out of that loved one. But ultimately, I mean, it was great. I, I got teary out a couple times, you know. Um, I did not know. I personally didn't know that Andrea, uh, you know, for example, had, had lost a sister. Um, that was a powerful moment, I thought. And then I also thought it was powerful that moments later, you know, we saw Aubrey with her sister talking about the bond that you have with siblings and uh, having siblings of myself, I, I know, you know, I know, uh, I know what they're talking about and I could only imagine what that would, could mean to Andrea, you know, to be out there and, you know, having thoughts of her sister and uh, those kinds of things. Um, but yeah, it was, it was nice to see, uh, you know, Ceri's, uh boy looks like a spitting image of her. Uh, he probably had the best reaction of, of the night uh, when he had, when he found out where the, uh, Survivor restrooms are located. Um, that was pretty cool. Uh, but overall, uh, you know, the, the episode, again, other than you take the loved ones out of it, and it was just kind of a ho-hum episode, it really focused on Michaela and Ty, who, you know, I've talked about this before, but Michaela, uh, I, I, lo- I love Michaela personally. I, I think she's a great personality to have in the game. I like her. I root for her. Uh, but she obviously is not the strongest social player, 
Uh, people do not really like <laughs> playing the game with Michaela. And I was really rooting for her. She even said it in Sitting in the Water this episode. You know, she she's tired of getting dragged through the game. She wants to take control and do something on her own. Uh, which was why it was disappointing that she ultimately decided to not do that, to go along with Andrea. That's two straight weeks that we've saw somebody target Andrea and get voted out. Uh, Zeke uh, and now Sierra. So, I mean, we'll have to see how it plays out for Michaela and Ty both, but it's clear who's in charge at the moment. I mean, Andrea is clearly playing a great game. She's a power horse uh, when it comes to challenges. She's great strategically. People like her. She's good socially. I mean, she's a triple threat. However, I say it every week in my written recap on uh, Reality T, so if you read my stuff, you know what I'm about to say. But if I can say uh, words in all caps here, Siri is the most dangerous player left in the game, hands down. And it's been like that from the beginning. To me, it's astonishing. It's astonishing to me that she is allowed to remain in the game. She's a legend. Uh, to me, she's more than a game changer. She's more than people that are playing for a second or third or fourth or twelfth time or whatever it is. You know, she's Siri. It's like it's like Boston Rob. You don't, you know, now that where his reputation is in the game, you don't let him play the game very long. You get him out immediately. You don't let him <laughs> hang around for too long. Siri has officially been allowed to hang around for too long at this point. She's strategically behind a lot of what's going on. She's very subtly controlling the game. Uh, everybody loves Suri, and she is. Uh, she's done a great job of tucking herself neatly between Andrea, who is out in front more. Um, you know, her game is much more loud. I guess you could call it. Uh, you know, people are obviously targeting Andrea before they're thinking about targeting Suri. So that strategy is deflecting uh, attention away from Suri. And then on the other side of Suri, you have uh, Aubrey, who I love Aubrey too, but let's face it, she has not played the game this season. It hasn't been shown to, anyway. Uh, Aubrey at this point can be named a goat. I mean, I think it's pretty safe to call her that at this point. So here's Suri sitting next to Aubrey, who she can clearly win against, and Andrea, who is going to draw all the hate. So even if Andrea gets to the end, you might have a lot of people that are bitter towards her that might respect Siri's gameplay more. How they're allowed to get this far in the game is, is, is again, mind-boggling to me. And they had a chance tonight to take out Andrea, and that would have made things a lot more interesting, I think, going forward. But the game's not over. We have eight people left. You know, you got, uh, you know, you got Andrea and Siri, of course, and Aubrey. And then you got, uh, you know, Brad and Troyzan, who's hanging on for dear life at this point. Brad really is now the number one target. Brad and Troyzan both are getting to the point in the game where they're looking at having to probably start winning out challenges in order to make Final Three. Because uh, I don't think nobody's going to let either of them around. And then you got Ty, you know, and, and Michaela. Uh, I haven't mentioned either. I haven't mentioned Sari. Uh, I'm sorry, I have mentioned Sari. I haven't mentioned Sarah. Uh, Sarah is... Uh, again, she's playing a great game. She's been the focus point most weeks, and uh, it's alarming, you know, how well she's playing the game. To be quite frank, uh, but this week was was huge again for her. Um, 
her personal relationship with Sierra ended up scoring her the legacy advantage that she will get to use. Uh, we won't see it next week because we're at eight people left. So at six is when the legacy advantage can be played. So uh, if she still has it, um, we'll you know, look to see that play out in the finale. Um, but she worked that perfectly, I thought. Yeah, she went against Suri. Uh, I'm sorry, there's so many like you know sound alike names. Suri, Sierra. There's two Sierras this season. A Sarah. Anyway, uh, Sarah really played Sierra this week to get the legacy advantage. Um, and they they really broke up the pair that they were most fearing, which would be Brad and Sierra. So that's all done now. Sarah. That's the other part of this. So if if you are if you're Suri, is there any chance in the world that you let Sarah get to the end with you? There isn't. There's no chance. So Sarah, I mean, again, I think her best play in this game is to turn everybody's best play at this point is to get Andrea and Suri broken up. I just don't see it happening, to be honest. I don't I don't see people targeting it. People are targeting Andrea, but they're losing faith in the numbers. Ty, poor Ty, has two idols in his pocket. Imagine if he was using these idols strategically for his tribe. Uh, he could be playing these idols strategically to further himself in the game. Instead, I'm having a feeling that him and Troyzen, maybe both, might be going home with idols in their pocket. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what plays up to it. But uh, that's my thoughts on the episode. Um, again, you can read my written recap at, uh, at realityt.com. But let's get into my talk with uh, Sierra Dawn Thomas, uh, fifth member of the jury, and I spoke with her a little bit uh, earlier today. Here it is. Here's the interview with Sierra. Hey, Sierra, how Hello. you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks uh, Thanks for talking to me here. Uh, sorry to see you go. How are you feeling today? Uh, I don't know. Mixed emotions. I feel like I've been broken up with. I don't know. Regret my decisions. Oh no. A lot of emotions. <laughs> well, moving off of that, like, what, uh, what is the, what are the regret? What's the big regret you have? I mean, pretty much helping Sarah dig my grave and telling her that about my secret advantage. And if I was to go home, I'd give it to her. That's pretty much my biggest regret. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Well, let's start at the beginning too. Um, now I know, yeah, it was, you know, a story that ran at the beginning of the season, uh, with Dalton Ross, you know, in EW that you, you began the season as, as an alternate and kind of had a really rushed, uh, weekend to get out into the game. Um, talk about that experience. And did you, do you think that that ultimately was an advantage for you or did that somehow, uh, play into a disadvantage as far as like, you know, you coming into the game? Right. Um, I feel like, Playing the first time, if I was to give, be given time to play again, there was a lot of things I would have done to prepare myself mentally, physically, would have put on weight. I mean, there's a million things that I would have done. I got the call and had less than 48 hours to get my life in order, get home from a rodeo, <laughs> and get myself ready to leave. So it was a whirlwind. Um, looking at it now, I feel like it lit a fire underneath of me. It made me say, it didn't allow me to question myself. I already had been questioning if I deserved a plague and yet again, yet, let alone with these people. Mm-hmm. Sure. And so I was, you know, just questioning if I even deserved to be there. If I would have had a long time to think about that, I think I really would have questioned myself. Whereas it just happened and I had to go for it. And I was like, okay, so you're out here. Or are you just going to sit back and 
let everyone think the same thoughts they have about you, or are you going to try to change people's minds and be a, be a game changer? So I think in the long run, it helped me. In the midst of it, it really sucks because I felt like I was out of control. <laughs> Well, I definitely think that you turned people's heads around, you know. Um, like you said, though, you know, at first when, when the cast came out and it was called Game Changers and people saw you as, as, as uh, one of the names that were going to be competing, um, some people were surprised. Did you – do you feel – was there any kind of intimidation once you kind of learned what the season was then? Like you kind of mentioned it a little bit, but like was there um, – did it in any way kind of change how you tackled how you were going to play? hundred percent. Like I said, just being called to go, I questioned it. And then when I got out there and found out what the theme of the season was, I was terrified. <laughs> I was like, is, did, is like, is this defining me or is it defining the game? Cause <laughs> is the game changing or is it like us who are the game changers? Cause I didn't feel like I was a game changer my first season, but I was excited to show people that I might be, sure. you know, I was ready to go in and, and surprise myself. Now with Sarah, you know, the legacy advantage, you know, you called it in the episode last night, you called it like a Hail Mary, you know, obviously you were trying to kind of earn some trust with her. Um, it, but you just also mentioned that you kind of are looking back on that as, as a, you know, a darn it moment, <laughs> you know, like a regret moment. Um, yeah. you know, seeing, I mean, seeing how she ended up playing it, do you think, were you the target anyway, once Brad won immunity, or do you think that you telling her about that legacy advantage really turned the tide for you? I think I was a target, but I do feel like I could have pled my case for Andrea and Michaela would have gone, gone Andrea, which would have brought Ty to go Andrea. And I really, truly, genuinely believe Andrea would have gone home if I wouldn't have told Sarah and Sarah would have told Michaela and all of that jazz. <laughs> and you were aligned <laughs> also for, you know, for a good part of the game with, with Troy Zan um, and Ty also for a while. Did you have any knowledge in the game about the idols that they had? Not for a second, and it makes me mad because I feel like, obviously people are really good at keeping their mouths shut, and I'm not, (laughs) I feel my mean, but I feel like we could have done something really great. When there's numbers like that, that's how you retake over the numbers, and I feel like if we would have known about it, at least Troy's aunt could have let me and Brad know, and we could have made a really big move. And would have made Troy Zan look great because it was his idol. You know what I mean? I feel like we could have done stuff. Oh, but yeah. But they just were keeping their mouth closed, which obviously is smart. I can't talk about that too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, I definitely yeah, – that's what I was thinking too because, like, had they used it for the tribe, you know, and, and because – and nothing against Troy Zan or Ty, but they're kind of not considered the major threats out there, I wouldn't think, at this point in the game. So even if they tell you right. you guys have idols, you guys wouldn't be like, oh, let's try to blindside them and, and flush their idol. You guys would have really been trying to work with them to over, you know, usurp the other side. Exactly, 100%. At that point, to get the numbers back, absolutely. They wouldn't have been the target at all. We would have wanted to do something big. <laughs> now, with um, talk about you know your relationship in the game uh, with – you called uh, Sarah. You know You had a really close personal relationship with her in the game. Um, how, what was it like though? I mean, she obviously ended up, you know, going against you and stabbing you in the back and then kind of robbing you of the legacy advantage. Um, what was your relationship Mm -hmm. like with her in the game? When, how soon after did you kind of, um, you know, realize that she was one of the people that had voted against you that, at that vote? Our relationship was amazing. That girl reminds me a lot of friends at home. Um, super chill. We got along. A lot of our conversations were not about the game, which was refreshing. 
So I feel like we had a really good relationship out there. Um, so I, tr- I trusted her. I absolutely trusted her, which you can't do in Survivor. <laughs> but um, I, I feel like, what was the second part of your question? Oh, when did I realize? Yeah. I realized that it, ha- it, it was her who wrote my name down um, a little bit after at Ponderosa. So I've had a while to, to digest it. So, but it's still still a hard pill, pill to swallow. Absolutely. And I ask everybody about this because watching it on TV, it, it blows my mind. Uh, you know, obviously luck is a big part of Survivor. Um, and Sari, you know, was the one person this season that she went 20 days in the game without even having to go to a tribal council, which is kind of a nice head start on everybody else. Um, but is it just the fact that she's aligned with Andrea and Andrea is such a big threat that at this point in the game, like nobody was kind of talking about Sari as being somebody that they needed to get rid of? I think it's absolutely crazy that we haven't even thought about Sari at this point because she's an amazing <laughs> player. And what she's doing now is absolutely brilliant. She's playing the game so well that she's allowing Andrea to go ahead of her and put the target on Andrea's back. And she's sitting back just making the calls but not doing it publicly. People don't know about it. She's mm-hmm. connecting with everyone. She's making everyone feel loved. Sheree's playing an amazing game right now. Um, and that kind of that kind of game is dangerous, though, right? Because um, it's all perception, too. And if people don't see you making the moves, then some people would consider you to be a floater. Exactly. That's why, that's solely why I went in so hard, is because in the end, I didn't want to have to beg these people why they should vote for me. I wanted to, you know, have these big reasons and big moves that I did that they all saw, which is a gamble in and of itself. You know, and, and I want to ask you, too, about Aubrey. You know, Aubrey is a player that um, was really well-liked her season in terms of people thought that she should have won her, her season, possibly. And then this season, she just hasn't been shown. She's kind of looks – she's appearing to be like a floater, kind of just hanging on with Sari and, and Andrea. Was that kind of how she was viewed out there? Did Was anybody looking at Aubrey as any kind of a threat? I don't think so. Aubrey did a really good job of just – staying out of the confrontation, listening to people, being a really good listener, not making the shots, going where she could. Um, I think she's doing a great job because she isn't, you know, making herself a target at all. What you're seeing is the game she's playing. She's being smart. She's sitting back. She's letting people do their thing when in reality she's just getting further and further in the game. You and Brad were kind of shown as being, you know, kind of like a pair and, and, and really kind of running, you know, that side of the alliance. You know, I know that we don't get to see everything all the time. And, and I, you know, I, I follow a lot of you guys on Twitter, too, and I follow Troyzan, and he kind of <laughs> he kind of alludes to the fact that uh, he was much more involved in strategy and things like that than maybe is being portrayed. Do you... What was Troyzan's involvement as far as your guys' strategy? Was there more that we're seeing from him, or was he really kind of like just, uh, you know, kind of there and kind of going along with what you guys wanted? He was really good at playing both sides. He was never the shot caller, but he was really good at feeling everybody out and feeling what everyone was thinking and being a really good listener and helping around camp. So his strategy was really, it was a different strategic he went strategically different than everybody else did. He was more of, I'm going to lay back, but I'm going to be here if you need me type of player. Okay. With your game now, too, again, you know, you mentioned having some regrets, and you mentioned, of, of course, like the whole thing with Sarah. Are there any other moments in the game, though, that you look back to as like the major kind of pivot moments for your own game as to where it, had you have done something differently, it, you know, it would have turned out better for you? 
Yeah, I wish, um, you know, I'm, I'm super proud of myself for being so, going so hard and being in control, but also I wish I could have slowed my roll a little bit mm-hmm. and not been so sassy and so <laughs> aggressive to like call the shots because as you see from very early in the game, it starts putting a target on my back and sure. you can't, I mean, you can't do that. <laughs> Well, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> that kind of speaks to my next question too. You know, you've you've played twice now. You've made it deep into the game both times. Um, but if if you have if you had to point out any you know flaws that you have when it comes to the game of Survivor, you know, what do you think uh, are your flaws? Oh golly, I feel like that's a long list. Um, <laughs> I I feel like I I may trust too much. I may quote unquote, be a girl and get a little emotional mm-hmm. when I should, as my, I mean, you see my dad say last night, mm-hmm. be like, have tough skin. You, you gotta, you gotta just, people are going to hate you. People are going to talk about you when in reality, I would sometimes take those things personally. Okay. Um, so yeah, I wish I would just, I don't know, be, be tougher, be tougher than I sometimes am out there. Um, and how, uh, I thought it was really cool last night, you know, talk about, you know, just your, having your dad be able to experience this game with you a little bit. And I really liked um, what Probst kind of picked up on, you know, that he, he noticed like for the first time in the game that you kind of let your guard down around, around your dad, you know, kind of just talk about that whole experience. Yeah, it's, it is. It's amazing. For that split second, I feel like I could be me. I could be a little vulnerable with my emotions, with my feelings. And it's my dad like that to have him come out both times is to me the best part of my survivor experience is being able to like experience that with my dad. So just seeing me being emotional is, is funny because I was trying to be so hard out there. And then just for a second, I just fell into his arms and daddy's little girl. I'm telling you, (laughs) um, you know, a lot of people talk about their survivor legacy, uh, do you feel do you feel any more fulfilled uh, now that you've played the, this time out uh, versus your first time when the game ended for you? Uh, do you feel like you're you you kind of put more of a stamp on the game as far as your legacy goes? You know, I tried. I'm I'm having a really hard time today just because of watching last night. Mm-hmm. I think if you were to ask me that question in a, in a week or you know a couple of days from now, I might be more confident in the game I play. I'm very disappointed in myself. Okay. I'm being very hard on myself. But um, I I feel like I proved that I deserve to be there. If anything, I may not have done what was right, but I proved that I could play, and that in and of itself is enough for me. Well, I thought it was great seeing you come back. I thought you proved a lot of the haters uh, wrong this season, <laughs> and you definitely earned uh, earned a place uh, among the game changers. <laughs> so um, I wish you the best of luck, Sierra. Again, thanks. It was great chatting with you, and uh, and best of luck with with the rodeo. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Take care. There you have it. Sierra Don Thomas, out of Survivor and into the jury. Uh, make sure you check out her uh, her Ponderosa video, by the way. If you're not watching the Ponderosa videos, uh, you should be. It, it's a real fun part of the of the experience to being a Survivor fan. Every week they, they have a little video, usually under 10 minutes, um, of the person who just got voted out and their experiences at Ponderosa, which is the place where the jury stays uh, in between all the voting. Uh, and uh, I just tweeted out uh, Sierra's Ponderosa video a little bit earlier today. So again, if you check out my Twitter feed, at Tom Santilli, uh, you'll be able to see the Ponderosa video. So check that out if you can. Uh, and uh, again, let's tune in uh, next week. Uh, 
But before we get to that, just a quick rundown of uh, movies this week in theaters. Uh, the big releases, uh, the big one really is uh, Charlie Hunnam starring in uh, King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. It's a, a new, the newest version of uh, the King Arthur tale uh, put to the big screen. It's directed by Guy Ritchie. Uh, I just posted my early review of the film uh, today on Access.com. I'm going to be tweeting that out a little bit later as well. So uh, please check out that review. You guys excited about King Arthur? You guys going to go see that this weekend? People like Charlie Hunnam from Son of An- Sons of Anarchy. Checking out. Uh, other than that this weekend, uh, two other kind of big releases. The one is a comedy called Snatched with uh, Amy Schumer and Goldie Hawn. Sight for Sore Eyes, Goldie Hawn uh, teaming up with Amy Schumer. Uh, that's coming out this weekend as well, as is a movie called The Wall. Uh, that movie stars Aaron Taylor Johnson and John Cena. Uh, it's like a Iraqi uh, sniper kind of situation movie. So uh, those, again, my, all my reviews of these movies will be out uh, this week. Access.com, uh, my King Arthur review is available now. Uh, so check those out. And let me know what you do at the movie theater this weekend. Uh, but yeah, okay, shifting gears. Next week on the podcast, it is the penultimate episode of Survivor Game Changers. That means it's the last episode of the season before the finale. The next to last episode of season 34. The finale, again, two hours on May 24th. It's followed by the live reunion show. And uh, I'm going to be here all the way through the end of the season, of course, covering everything Survivor. We're going to have all the interviews that will be coming up as well next week and the following week. So uh, remember, beyond that, uh, make it a point to join the Film Survivor podcast this summer uh, as we talk about movies. I know you guys like movies, and maybe we'll talk about other stuff too. Who knows? see where this thing goes. But I appreciate the support. Thank you for listening to the Film Survivor podcast. We will see you here next week with another exit interview with the sixth member of the Survivor Jury. And uh, that'll do it. Follow me on Twitter, at Tom Santilli. The website is TomSantilli.com. And the Facebook page is Facebook.com forward slash Film Survivor. My name, by the way, Tom, T-O-M, Santilli, S-A-N-T-I-L-L-I. Thank you again. We will see you next week.